podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rival Recon here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Harry Sethi. Liverpool made it four wins in a row on Sunday as Diego Jota's last gasp winner against Tottenham rendered one topless chicken dance celebration fairly redundant. With Trent Alexander-Arnold thriving in his new position, the Reds displayed all of their attacking prowess against Spurs and yet still managed to nearly throw away a three-goal lead. Klopp will help his side provide a more solid performance when they welcome Fulham to Anfield this Wednesday evening. And joining me on the pod today to share his perspective on what's been a strong return to the Premier League from the Cottages, I'm delighted to welcome on writer and contributor to the Fulhamish podcast, Jack Stroudley. Welcome, Jack. Hi, mate. How you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Speaking to you on this long, this long bank holiday weekend. So, yeah, they're either, as we were saying, they're either ones that sort of creep up on you and then you realise... You suddenly have a panic that you've actually not planned anything, and then you feel like you're going to miss out on everything. <laughs> you've got to maximise the value of these <laughs> of these weekends, or they're ones that are just inundated with uh, things you've already planned. And for me, uh, it was uh, it was the latter. It's just like yeah, catching up with some friends and things like that. But it's uh, football crammed in there as well. And you mentioned sort of going to the game as well this weekend, and um, didn't go to the Liverpool game, but was a pretty eventful one yesterday afternoon. So I'm sure <laughs> that will, that will come up as well, but. Um, great to have you on just to to dive deep into into Fulham and Fulham season. Um, sort of cast our minds back all the way to the beginning of the season now, because obviously Liverpool played Fulham in that in their opening game of this campaign. And I was speaking to you about how I think it's yeah pretty. It was I feel it's like it's a game that sort of foreshadowed how both team seasons would go actually in terms of sort of Fulham proving their competitiveness, proving their resilience, uh, and Liverpool. Uh, proving just how, uh, at times, um, how susceptible they could be uh, to conceding goals uh, and not making the most of sort of the attacking options that they have. But I'm going to ask you to go all the way back. I mean, if you can think about that game, uh, what memories stand out about the performance and uh, like in terms of sort of that as an indication for how the rest of the season has gone? Well, I think when we when we, when we got promoted uh, this time around, we Fulham, there was obviously the general consensus around Fulham fans, uh, around Fulham from neutrals, you know, all the usual yo-yo club and, you know, talking about Norwich City and all that sort of stuff and Mitrovic can't do it in the Prem. Yeah, but yeah. Fulham, fan, Fulham fans as a whole were, were relatively quite optimistic going into this season. You know, Marco Silva's come in and he's done a fantastic job at Fulham. Uh, certainly a lot better than prior managers, like Scott Parker and Slavisi Kanovic and Claudio Ranieri. Um, and the themes that we saw in the championship kind of kind of crept into that opening game of the season. That being said, we when when the fixtures came out, we saw that the first game we were going to be welcoming Liverpool. There was a, there was a collective groan thinking, "Oh God, here we go." But um, but no, I was I was I was very very impressed with with how we played. We 
I think I think the main concern of fans last season was uh, we we scored a lot of goals, but you know there were times where you know we were a little bit little bit suspect, and you know we although the game finished two all, Fulham were absolutely fantastic that day. Mitrovic obviously scored scored a brace, and you know I think the thing that impressed us is how much we we pressed and you know we've carried that on throughout the, the remainder of the season you know the key thing is if we if we haven't got the ball you know two or three men are constantly you know pressing on players and and we saw that from the off and Liverpool at times really struggled that that day and you know on another day we we probably could have picked up all three points to be perfectly honest with you obviously we went we went one nil up and then we, we we went two one up as well and I think I think Nunes scored at the end um but it was a, it was a sign of, of things to come, and you know Fulham have definitely grown from strength to strength. And obviously, as well, looking back on that game, we 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 didn't have our full strength side. I remember we we signed um we saw we had, we only had two centre backs. We didn't have anyone on the bench. We signed Shane Duffy alone from Brighton on the day of Liverpool purely just so we could have someone on the bench. So we've we've certainly improved the depth of our squad as well. And I think overall, you know, as you said, it was a, it was a sign of things to come from a from a Fulham perspective. Yeah, and I think in terms of Liverpool being outworked um, and outpressed, it was also a sign of things uh, things to come. And I think it's it's felt like a season where I mean, many Liverpool fans were sort of aware of the the main weakness in the team uh, and were surprised that it wasn't addressed in terms of reinforcing the midfield, given some of the older players in there and also just players who weren't able to do some of the the physical demands that Klopp you know, clearly wants. And that's been a consistent theme throughout the throughout the whole season. And I think it was it was evident that day. And I, I feel like it's been also a season where we've just looked at other teams and, and spotted players in their teams and gone, well, this guy, you know, I'm sure this guy didn't cost a lot of money and seems to be doing a very good job at exactly the area that we that we needed to strengthen. And and one sort of name that comes up to me and I remember that, that day and I've seen him throughout the season to be honest, uh in Palinha and the the impact that he's had for for Fulham this season, so we'll definitely come on to talk about him. But I, I do remember all those conversations going on about you know, doing a Fulham and like, you know, like talking about the uh, the previous times where Fulham had come up and spent a lot of money and the difficulty with integrating those players. But what I wanted to ask you really was with with Marco Silva uh, at, at the start of the season. You, you mentioned sort of fans being optimistic about what you could achieve this season um, in terms of how he's adapted to the Premier League. Has he stuck to the principles that sort of gave Fulham like the the success they had previously, or has he adapted and sort of what tweaks has he made that have uh, helped you have such a strong season? Well, I think the first thing is obviously the Championship is a much different league to the Premier League. The Premier League is a lot more intense. You know, you you get less time on the ball. Um, in in, in the Championship, especially last season, we were able to get away with outscoring teams. Um, you know, like I mean, our last season we won three games, seven nil, five one, and four ones, and but and we were able to play, not um, not uh, like we we used to, we were able to play kind of just haphazard. We could kind of do whatever, and we'd be if if some if a team scored, we'd be like, okay, it doesn't matter because we just can go up there from the other end of the pitch and score, which sounds like insane, but that's just the, the level of quality we had compared to everyone else in the league last season. So I think what Marcus has done has. He's he's aware of the the attacking quality that we had and that we still have, but he's also ensured that we are a little bit more resolute, um, both in in defence, um, but also in midfield as well. You know, last season we 
we had Harrison Reed and Jean-Michel Serri, who doesn't play for us. He, he's now gone on to Hull City. But we they were two players who weren't necessarily tough tacklers, who they just wanted to get the ball and, you know, bring it forward to the likes of Harry Wilson and see you know Fabio Carvalho and Mitrovic and we didn't really have anyone who uh, like Palinja who's who's a tough tackler who will just sit there and break the play up and then let the more creative players to get involved so I think that was the most important thing for us we just we needed to make sure that we shored things up at the back and we've done that I'm sure we'll go into Fulham's recruitment but we've done that um... Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must have fan threads? Well over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. And, and as a whole as well, we've also, this season, compared to a lot of the prior seasons, is we're now very clinical from set pieces, which is something that I, I, I don't think I've ever seen at Fulham apart from this season. Super and that's such a that's a pretty useful asset to have. And I mean, I know it's not really mattered this season because we weren't really threatened by relegation. But you know, for teams who are down the bottom, if you've got uh, the use of scoring a lot of set piece goals and goals from corners, you know that can gain you an extra you know six or seven points, which could be the difference between whether you stay in the league or not. No, absolutely, yeah, they're huge, huge. In terms of sort of the newly promoted side making the most of set pieces, given the opportunities, especially considering you like in in games against the traditional top six or whatever it might be, you're expecting not to you know have to have too much of the ball, and you obviously want to make the most of those situations. Mitrovic is an interesting one. We'll, we'll definitely come on to talk about him and a lot of the discussion about him prior to coming back into the Premier League and just what he's done as well, but. If I was to ask you for sort of what you think was the most important stretch of the season that's actually seeing you get to the position which you're you're currently in, sitting in 10th place, 45 points, over that 40-point sort of mark around sort of safety, people traditionally suggest that <laughs> looking at the relegation battle, I think, yeah, you're a long, long way from that uh, and sitting pretty. Is there a particular section of the season that you you put that down to in terms of laying the foundations for that? or being a really crucial period. And are, are there even specific games that you'd pick out as sort of being the you know, the highlights of the season, good examples of what Fulham uh, under Marco Silva look like when everything clicks? Well, I think the, the, the main part, part of the season, which fans really enjoy, and it's what I look back on, is just after the World Cup. Uh, I think, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I think we won like six in a row or something like that, or we were unbeaten in six or seven, which is unheard of for a Fulham side. And in that, we beat Palace 3-0, we beat Southampton. We won a like, way at Leicester. Um, we beat Chelsea, which is um, a big one for us. Um, there was also there was also a win away at Brighton. At that, fact, at that point, Fulham were, were sitting in, in sixth in February, which is absolutely, after about 24, 25 games, which then, then we're starting to think, oh my God, Surely we're not going to do this, but obviously we've we've kind of faltered down a little bit. But that run really shows just that what Marcus Silva's trying to trying to do in those in those games. We beat Palace three 0 but they went down to nine men. All those other games were very narrow wins, two 
2-1 or 1-0 or something along those lines. And it just shows the resilience that Marco Silva's brought in and, you know, we're maybe not creating as much as we were in the championship, but when the ball comes to those players like Mitrovic, like Wilson, uh, even even Vinicius, um, we are just clinical. And I think that's what's, what's set us apart from, you know, teams who are kind of lower down the bottom. They look at the likes of Leicester, Leeds, Everton, hmm. who, because I don't think defensively we've been that great. I think Berlin has been brilliant. I'm sure we'll get into players, but I just think the thing that's been so important for us is in those narrow cagey games, we've, we've managed just to find a way. Yeah. Yeah. Finding a way of taking your chances, being ruthless and, well, being ruthless in either box is usually sort of a useful thing every now and then. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's it it's been obvious from the way in which I mean, well, well the games I've seen at Fulham so far season, and again, probably more of a match of the day type viewer of Fulham season, so I won't claim to have seen it in huge huge amounts of detail. But um, from what I've seen, it has looked like you've been you've been ruthless when you've needed to be um, more often than not. Uh, in terms of what a Marco Silva Fulham team looks like in the Premier League. And how you've generally seen the team line up and things like that. Um, what what has been the primary sort of tactical shape and sort of how Silver's rolled Fulham out this season? Uh, it's always been four three three. We've stuck to four three three near enough from from the off. Um, I think if I mean yeah, it's been P- Polinia and Reed in the midfield. Polinia more sitting back and you know breaking up the play and then playing it along to Harrison Reed, who's then got the freedom to basically kind of go anywhere. Um, Andres Pereira is probably the more creative of the three in that midfield. And then most part of the season, it's been Mitrovic up top with the wingers that have changed quite a bit. I mean, I think with Willian and Wilson and <clears throat> and whatnot. But yeah, I, I think it's, um we've been just just so set on making sure that we press teams from the off. You know, we stick to our loyals with possession. We, we're as clinical as we can be. and But also, yeah, making sure that we actually play proper football, which is kind of been an identity of Fulham for a while now but with that we have been quite leaky at the back and you know rolled over and we're certainly not doing that at the moment. So coming on to players then and trying to talk about who who the key men have been for for Fulham this season we'll, we'll talk about the transfers first just because it sort of allows us to go through some of them that we've already mentioned and uh, unlike previous seasons where Fulham have come up and it's been maybe sort of different kinds of approaches loads of players coming in uh, at times, so like not enough players coming in at, at times, and certainly remember sort of former managers bemoaning that. Uh, this time, it felt a bit more calculated, you know, clever, um, clever signings made, signings that were going to make an impact. You already talked about the the fact that Fulham's midfield didn't have somebody like Paulinho, so he was always going to be uh, a welcome addition. But um, if we just do sort of go through some of those signings, it's sort of Paulinho, Diop, uh, Pereira, who's come in, of course, as well. Lukic, Mbappu, Vinicius, who you mentioned, Bert Leno, Willian, Shane Duffy as well, who you, you, you were talking about coming in right at the end. It's a fairly solid window, I think, in terms of the, the business and addressing multiple positions across across the pitch. In terms of those those people who've, who've come come in, in in that window and it's, it's been their debut season, who's made the, the greatest impact? Well, I think the first thing to talk about when you talk about the transfer window is... You know, when we are over the course of the last two Premier League campaigns, we've really struggled to bring in Premier League quality. We've gone for lots of unknown quantities. And while Jao Polinia was an unknown quantity, he's the one who obviously everyone will, will think about. He's been absolutely fantastic for Fulham this season. I dread to think where we'd be without him. You know, he sits in that midfield, 
breaks up the play and then allows us to to go further forward and just means that we have so much more freedom on the ball. And he's probably the one that everyone will think of. I think Fulham fans, honestly, will tell you, player of the season, it's actually Bernd Leno in, in goal. He's been absolutely fantastic. Arguably one of our best keepers in Premier League history. He's been absolutely phenomenal. The amount of saves he's made, he keeps us in games. He's just been absolutely superb from start to finish. So he's one who I think definitely deserves a mention. William, we weren't particularly sure on his signing because obviously he wasn't particularly great when he went to Arsenal. He then went out to Brazil. I think he went to Corinthians in Brazil. Came back to Fulham and we weren't particularly sure, but he's 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 given us creativity and the spark that we needed. Um, I'm trying to think who else came in. It's a deal. Again, we needed some defensive reinforcement. He actually hasn't started over the last couple of weeks, which has been a bit surprising. It's been Tim Ream and Tosin who are both with us in the championship. But it's a deal when he's come in, he's been really solid. Not particularly great on the ball, but he'll step in and make a challenge and go a bit further forward. And then Andres Pereira, as well as you mentioned, similar to William, fans weren't particularly sure on, on Pereira, but he's been uh, another creative spark. And I think he's got like 10 assists or something like that this season. So he's been really pivotal to the way we play. And then we've also got the likes of Manuel Solomon, who went for a little bit of a purple patch in February and March, scored I think five in five, but since then was kind of fizzled out a little bit. But as a whole, our recruitment has been very good and it's complemented the players that we've already got. And I think that's just as important as the players that we've signed. Yeah, no, of course. I think I think that's the that's the balance you're looking to you're looking to strike, of course. And yeah, Palunia, I think was very obvious to me just because of sort of the um the profile of player and what we were talking about in terms of Liverpool's Liverpool's absences. And just, it was very obvious on that day, and it has been obvious actually uh, since throughout the season. I've seen a number of really strong strong performances from him. But as you mentioned, I think Pereira coming back to the Premier League um, after his stint, or actually the, the, the loan stint away from Man United and actually sort of proving that he can still be an effective Premier League player. I think that was a big a big move for him. And, and Leno as well, I think the way in which he left Arsenal and some of the discussion around him, I think it's been really important for him to rebuild his reputation this season. I think it's been it's been good to see him return to some of the form that he, he was showing, but probably a bit earlier in his early in his career. Um, you talked about complementing players that have already already at Fulham, and I do want to talk about um, the obvious man in in terms of. Uh... Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. The guys are going to be scoring the goals for you, breaking the records, broken records for you before. In terms of just just how key Mitrovic has been this season, just how um, impactful he's been. It was very obvious on that game against Liverpool 
at the start of the season, and he's continued to be a real handful for for defenses across the league. Uh, I'm guessing you you never had any doubts of of his ability to sort of adapt to Premier League life, despite some of that discussion about about his ability. Um, just how integral has he been this season, and like how, how do you think his game has developed, if it has? Yeah, there were no doubts among Fulham fans about Mitch Rich. I think the funny thing, which with Mitch Rich in the Premier League, he has actually reached double digits on two different occasions on Premier League campaigns, which kind of goes a little bit under the radar. But he's now, I believe he's 27, 28, so he's coming into his peak. Um, and I think the reason why Mitch Rich works at Fulham is he is, I don't want to be too discreditful to Fulham, but he, I think he suits being kind of a bigger fish in a smaller pond, if that makes sense, you know. Marco Silva's effectively built the team around him and he's enjoying life at Fulham. Obviously, he's not playing now because of the suspension from that FA Cup game against Manchester United, but he's he's so much more physical on the ball. And I think the thing that's actually impressed me most about him this season when he's played isn't even necessarily his goals, which have been crucial. It's his ability to bring everyone else into the game. You know, He holds the ball up so well. He's strong. He's smart. He wins a lot of fouls. He's, he's very savvy. But he, he brings Pereira in and he brings the wingers in as well and Polinho and Reed And he's he's been absolutely fantastic and pivotal to the way that Fulham play. It's obviously been a little bit frustrating over the last couple of weeks that he hasn't been involved. And I think that's why we are seeing a slight dip in form um, because the backup Collins Vinicius is is good. He's capable and he obviously scored against Manchester City, but he he is no Mitrovic. Um, and then you talk about, you know, players, other players that have been, that came up from the championship. I think one that deserves a mention, Fulham fans will absolutely agree, is Kenny Tete, who uh, we signed from Lyon in the COVID season. I think it was in 2020 we signed him. Um, and he, he was, he's he been absolutely fantastic for Fulham, both in that original Premier League season, last season in the Championship, and then this year as well. He's he's arguably been in our top three players of the season. He is just so strong on the ball. I've, I, I struggle to think of a defender who wins so many tackles and stop so many attacks. He's been he's been really really good. So I think he's certainly one to watch uh, in midweek. Yeah, I, I think I was always struck by sort of his ability to to bring others into the game, and uh, I think it definitely shows sort of a a level of maturity to his game that perhaps wasn't there a couple of years ago. I think he's he's he's, he's become a better all round player. I think based upon what I've seen of him and previous seasons. And again, I won't claim to have watched him anywhere near as much as I'm sure you have over over the past couple of seasons. But in terms of the, the rest of the league for, for Fulham now, of course, not too many games left to go. Uh, usually when a team is in this position where the main objective was you know, securing safety in the in the Premier League, that you've done that very handily, been done more than that, been very competitive as well. Uh, there's always obviously a danger at times and people sort of label the accusations of, oh, they're on the beach, you know, they're not going to sort of put in the same level of effort, things like that. I was looking at the the results that Fulham had been putting up recently and you were talking about it there a little bit of you know, what's happened when you've not had Mitrovic there to be the focal point. Um, of course, I think in, in March and a little bit in April, there was a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a, a tough run with sort of a few consecutive losses in a row there. Um, do you think there's any danger of of Fulham, you know, being on the beach or anything like that? Or do, or do you think, given who Silver is, given the type of type of guy he is, you're going to be remaining at the same levels of intensity for the rest of the season? Well, I think the the, the perfect example to kind of discredit that 
about potentially being on the beach was our performance against Manchester City uh, on the weekend. We were absolutely exactly, fantastic. Yeah. We were absolutely fantastic against Manchester City. Statistically, it will show that you know they 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 had a lot more of the ball, created more chances, which is which is true. But mm-hmm. Fulham more than held their own, and the two-one scoreline is is pretty accurate as that. Um, yeah. Fulham are currently sitting on, I believe it's forty-five. Yeah, we're on forty-five points 45, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, and Marcus Silva's made it clear our our, our our Premier League record total is fifty-three. Uh, Marco Silva has made it pretty clear he wants to get as close to that, if not beat it. Um, so I can't see us really, mm. really slowing up, if that makes sense. Um, whether we beat it or not, I'm not too sure. Obviously, we still got to play yourselves, and we've got Manchester United, and then we've got. Leicester and Southampton have obviously got a lot more to play for than we do. So whether we break that or not is another story. But I'm not really too concerned that our season is going to fizzle out. But I mean, even to be perfectly honest with you, even if it does, I think Fulham fans are going to look back on this season with a lot of fond memories. It's been it's been so nice. Just I think this is the first season in genuinely about eight or nine where we've not contested for promotion or relegation. We've just had a yeah. nice, just comfortable season. Like we're looking at the relegation like tonight. At the time of recording, um, Leicester and Everton are playing tonight. If if we're down yeah. the bottom, that's a pit, that's a huge game for for, for for if you're watching it. But I can, Fulham fans can sit up basically relax, with, their, yeah. with their feet up and just watch a game of football, which is is so so refreshing. No, exactly. I can imagine it is that way because, as you say, you, you you have been involved in those scraps when you when you come up beforehand. I think a long way away from that now. And yeah, I didn't didn't mean, uh, didn't mean to be negative about the you know. Being on the beach, but you, you you have seen it happen to teams sort of once they've sort of secured their main objective. But it, everything I've seen from Fulham doesn't look like that's going to be going to be the case. And it's nice to sort of hear that Silva has that other target in mind of you know, breaking the points records that you managed to managed to put on the board beforehand in the Premier League. And then I suppose that sort of brings us on a little bit then to how you how you add to the current squad, how you build upon this success to sort of make yourselves even more competitive next season. Where have been the areas when you've looked this season where you felt, where you felt like if you're going to take that next step, remain competitive next season uh, and actually you know, become an even more fully sort of complete side, what are the positions that you think the club's got to prioritise this summer? Well, to be perfectly honest with you, in terms of um, where we need to improve, I think this, this, this run of games has kind of shown that because, we do have quite a few injuries and quite a few suspensions. Um, Mitrovic is out. Willian's out. Yeah. Um, Reams out, isn't he? Re- Re- Reams out for the season. Andres Pereira got injured against City. He's out for the season as well. And right. uh, the, uh, Harry Wilson uh, came off after 20 minutes against Aston Villa the other day as well. So we are a little bit light, I think, to be perfectly honest. You, you can even make we're probably a little bit light across the pitch. We've got a very solid core Michael Silva kind of uses the same 13, 14, 15 players over the course of the season, um, which is fine. And it, it's shown that it's worked. But if you do have a bit of an injury crisis, thankfully we we haven't. It, it is a little bit concerning. So I think Marco Silva will just want to add a, a few players just to kind of plug some gaps. I think we'll probably bring in another one, another body in midfield because the midfield has been Polinia Reed, Pereira basically all season. Um, I think we'll probably bring another centre half in because again it's been Ream, who, who who's now injured, Tosin and Diop. So we'll probably bring another centre half in. Willian, we're not entirely sure what's happening with Willian whether he's going to sign a new contract. Solomon's only on loan. Dan James is only on loan. So we'll probably bring someone one or two in out wide. And then I think the plan is that we might sell Vinicius in the summer. Um, there, there's murmurings of him going back to going him going to Brazil. So if that's the case, we'll need to get another backup. So I think probably. 
we won't it won't be a crazy summer in terms of we're going to spend loads of money and get loads of names in but i think we'll probably just try and plug a few gaps and just try and ensure that there's no second season syndrome and that we kind of maintain another finish as comfortable as this one and if you are looking for another striker i mean it's Mitrovic is such a, a big presence at the club, and he obviously plays in a very particular way. I've, I'm, I'll, I'll admit, I'm not, I'm not seeing much of Vinicius and, and sort of how how he matches that profile. If, if you are looking for another forward, what, what kind of profile of forward do you, do you think that's going to be, or do you think Silva's going to be after? I, I think effectively a, a plan B. Um, Vinicius is very similar to Mitrovic in terms of he's obviously he's a tall striker with hold up play. He wants the ball in the air and. He, he he wants to kind of win headers and all that sort of stuff, but he isn't Mitrovic's level. And the issue is when when Mitrovic isn't available, we try to play as if he is there. And because Vinicius isn't of that of that caliber, we struggle to really create anything. We played Aston Villa in midweek, and we 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 had one shot which was off target within the opening twenty seconds, and that was the only thing we created all game, which was very frustrating from the stands. But I think we'll try and go for a plan B, someone who, you know, is is, is quicker, maybe maybe a little bit shorter so we can be a bit more direct um, and be a little bit more clinical on the counter-attack. And I think that's the way we're going to go. We're going to try and get someone in to maybe, you know, last 15, 20 minutes of the game, you know, defence is a little bit stretched. You can some, bring someone on with a little bit more pace and be a little bit more direct. Fair enough. Yeah, I think variation is always a good thing to have in those uh in those sub options that are going to come off the bench, I think Mitrovic will still be there, as you mentioned, sort of his age. I think he's still still in the prime of his career. I think you'll see a dip there in performance. And one thing I wanted to mention, uh, really, because I'd love to get your perspective on it, is you know naturally Carvalho was a big figure for Fulham last season. You know, very influential, uh, sort of integral, uh, alongside a number of other players in in in, in Fulham's promotion. Uh, we were all really excited to see him at Liverpool. And I think there's of, of of the glimpses that I've seen of him this season, looks a very talented, tidy player. Uh, and I think he's, he's sort of been let down, to be honest, by a um, a lack of planning that's you know, been pretty obvious to see um, throughout Liverpool's whole season, really. I think there was a bit of muddled thinking on the coaching side of things. And he's never really seemed to have a position in the, in the way in which Liverpool have set up this season necessarily, played in the front, uh, on the left hand side, he's. I think I think he played in midfield once, and again, he's not, he's not a midfielder necessarily. He's going to play in this kind of, um, this kind of Liverpool pressing system. So it's definitely been a frustrating season for him, despite the fact he's actually popped up with a couple of real big key goals. I I just wanted to ask you if that if 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 the way in which he's sort of not been used has surprised you, and also just to get your opinion on what kind of role you think Carvalho needs to actually thrive. So the, for Carvalho last season, he was so pivotal in linking up the play. As I mentioned, we didn't really have like a, a ball ball winning midfielder, um, so the ball would come to um, effectively play with like two number eight people who would just kind of look to get the ball forward as quickly as possible. So Carvalho was so pivotal in the way that we'd link up. He'd kind yeah. of come in, come in deep, collect the ball, and then play it out to the likes of Wilson and Cabano. Mitrovic, but it's not just his link-up play. He, he he is a very clinical goal scorer when given the opportunities in front of goal. Yeah, that we've um, seen for sure. So it, it's not necessarily shocking for Fulham fans that Carvalho hasn't got the minutes because, I mean, from our perspective, I'm not. We're not entirely sure where he where he suits that current Liverpool system. He's not, yeah. as you said, he's not particularly blessed with with pressing, but 
He doesn't may really necessarily suit the the front three that Liverpool play. So, I mean, I don't I don't blame him for leaving. I'm not one of these kind of fickle Fulham fans that like are annoyed that he left. I get it. It's a bigger club, more money, better stature. I understand it, but as I, I'm not really too sure where where he fits in that current Liverpool system. Yeah. It's 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 a weird one because obviously another player that we've seen a lot of this season that you'll you, you'll have had experience with of course is, is 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 Harvey Elliott. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan. I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. And... Uh, he's he's sort of been sandwiched or sort of shoehorned into this role as the right-sided eight uh, in 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 midfield for Liverpool um, many many times this season. Um, so it's either been him or or Henderson primarily. And what's what what's weird is that there's there's no doubt that Harvey Elliott's a talented player, but I think it's we've gotten to the end of this season now. And again, I think I don't know how many appearances he's made in midfield for Liverpool, but. I am no closer to being convinced that Harvey Elliott is a midfielder at all, to be honest. I think he's very talented on the ball, clearly got great, you know, creative vision, has an eye for goal as well. Doesn't really have the pace uh, to be a right winger for Liverpool. And also uh, the right winger for Liverpool is is Mohamed Salah. So he's he's not going to get ahead of uh, ahead of him. Uh, it doesn't also seem to be able to do the pressing either. So it's, again, it f- feels like another of these young sort of Fulham, former Fulham starlets who are in... Liverpool squad, but don't really, to be honest, have defined roles. I'm actually a bit surprised that um, uh, we didn't see more of Carvalho this season than we've actually, we've actually seen. We've seen more of Elliot actually by the end of it. So a little bit surprised there. But yeah, I just want to get your perspective on sort of how yeah how he'd been used and what he might need to thrive because I think it's yeah there's still questions as to sort of whether or not he'll he'll hang around this summer or hopefully I'm I'm hoping for a, a, a bit more of a coherent window. That gives him a bit more of a, a clear idea, sort of where he could fit in this team. Because it is, I, I think you you alluded to it. Even thinking about it myself now, it's not obvious to be honest, sort of where where he would fit. Very young, of course, and could easily go on loan and be uh, be impactful again. But it's, I think it's been a bit of a bit of a frustrating season for him in terms of not being able to get that regular football. And I suppose that that brings us onto the game just before we do. Before we do wrap up, what are you expecting? Because as you mentioned, they're a very competitive performance against Manchester City, uh, and I think the scoreline um, does reflect sort of how the game was in terms of, in terms of it being a real tight, uh, tight game. How are you expecting Marco Silva to approach 
Liverpool away, um, given what you've seen of Liverpool this season and the vulnerabilities that are there, clearly. You know, even if even when they're 3-0 up somehow, seemingly, we can still uh, like conspire to throw those games away, uh, nearly anyway, because of the last game against Spurs. Uh, am I right in thinking that Silver will get Fulham or have Fulham arriving uh, with with nothing to fear? Yeah, absolutely. Market Silver will we'll see, you know, obviously Liverpool since the really poor game against Manchester City last month haven't haven't lost. And despite yeah. that, obviously narrowly beating Tottenham and Nottingham Forest and West Ham, I believe, was two one as well. So the games that they've won have all been all been narrow and they've shown that they're um they are a little bit weak. You've shown that you are a little bit weak at the back at times. And I think the Marcus Silver will see that and will know that Fulham can exploit that. And we've already alluded to Liverpool's kind of weak midfield. And I think that Fulham, that's exactly where Fulham can, that the game will be won and lost. Fulham, I'm pretty confident in the midfield with Polinia and Reed are able to match up to Liverpool at points of the game. And I am confident in terms of us getting the ball. It's just what we do with it as, as I mentioned, Pereira is out for the season. Mitrovic is suspended. Willian's injured at the moment, so it's probably it's probably going to be Bobby Reed, uh, Harry, uh, Harry Wilson, and either one of Dan James or Carlos Vinicius, which isn't the most fluid attack going forward. So, it, I think we will have a good chunk of the ball. Um, but I, I'm not overly convinced we're going to create that much, which is going to be quite frustrating. Yeah, but I think of plenty of teams have shown this season. I think that as long as you're ruthless in those moments of transition that exist, actually, it's sort of our ironic way this season. Liverpool have been hurt plenty of times by teams doing exactly what Liverpool have done to teams over the past few seasons and exploiting the high line and trying to. Um, so be aware of the fact that, the, that there are those midfield weaknesses like you were talking about. And yeah, if you, if you can be ruthless when you do get those chances and Liverpool give up about three three big chances a game, that's just been been the way the entire season, unfortunately. Um, what used to be a pretty miserly defence now now gives people two or three goes a game, I think, to be honest, and then just hopes with all the firepower that we've got at the moment that we'll, we'll, we'll beat you in that sort of basketball game that could take place. But I do expect Fulham to get chances. I do expect Mitrovic to be a real, a real nuisance as well. Um, I suppose just just as as we do wrap up, I mean, the, the final question would just be: Is there a particular player in the Liverpool side at the moment that you're that you're, that you're not looking forward to facing? Is there somebody that you've looked at this season when, when you've had the chance and thought that they're, uh, you know, they're perhaps the one that's um, uh, showing the best form this season, which has been an indifferent season for Liverpool. I, I think it's to be honest with you, it's just the the, the front three in in a, in a season of you know uncertainty at Liverpool. The front three always just is it, absolutely terrifying. It doesn't matter who is in that front three, whether it's Salah or Jota or Gakpo or Nunes or Firmino or Diaz. There's just so many just attacking options. And and as as I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, Fulham, while we are in in tenth, we we have been known to be a little bit leaky in terms of chance how many chances we've given up it's just the fact that Bert Leno is having arguably the season of his career statistically that we are where we are um so I I I think just as I think Liverpool I I I think it will it's it's obviously an obvious answer but I think that Mo Salah is gonna absolutely terrorize Anthony Robinson on in midweek he's I I just I it is 
uh, is Mo Salah. But that doesn't take away from the fact that your entire, whoever your front three is, is just absolutely terrifying. Yeah, no, I think it's it's it's, it's been a weird season, but there I I have felt throughout the entire season that the, the attack was still pretty much doing what what they were asked to do. I think Nunes probably would want to have had a more ruthless season than he has done, but he will, will likely end up with about 17, 18 goals, something like that. And Salah, as you say, yeah, he's uh, he's um, just quietly done what he's always done. And it's sort of, I think it's been funny seeing some of the criticism that's gone his way this season because he's, I think, given the mood that he's in, I expect him to actually break the his his uh, his record over the past few seasons and get above 31 goals, given where he is. I think he's currently on 27, 28 or something like that. So... We'll have to see, but um, yeah, I think as, you, as you're saying that he he has looked in the mood for sure. So if if there are any defensive deficiencies at the back for Fulham, I'm sure he's going to be um, licking his lips a little bit because that tends to be what it's like. It's just the other end. So we'll have to see. I'm sure Mijovic is also uh, if, if he's set to be back is uh, is relishing that opportunity as well. But um, is he is, is he is he set to, um, set to be back at you, Jack? It's one thing we haven't mentioned. No, he's 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 suspended. Uh, oh, suspended still. Okay, he's suspended from his from the Manchester United uh, incident, shall we say? Oh yeah, I've, um, I've, I've completely forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's suspended. <laughs> he's suspended from that incident. Uh, he's back in, I believe, three games time because uh, he got an eight game suspension. So I, yeah, I you thank, yeah. Thank, thankfully you won't have to deal with, with Mitrovic. It will be Vinicius or Dan James up front. <laughs> okay, well that yeah, I have to admit that has that has given me actually a little bit more of a a little bit more comfort to be honest because yeah, I think he's just a very very effective player, Mitrovic. So it's, um, there's no particularly easy way to deal with him to be honest. So I think that's um. I completely forgot how how could I forget that performance? It's just like it's uh, especially with uh, the, the last game and some of the comments that uh, Klopp had made about Paul Tierney. I think yes, yeah, referees have been in the sp- in the spotlight a lot this season. It's, it seems to have been. But anyway, Jack, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and just giving us your your perspective on how Fulham's season has has gone. I think it's been it's the, the strongest campaign you've had, obviously, in the Premier League for for, for quite some time, and I'm sure. Everybody at the club and the fan base is, is is keen to to build on the success that you've had so far this season. But yeah, do do appreciate you coming on and um, uh, sharing your insight. Cheers, thanks for having me. No worries. And just as we wrap things up here, uh, there will be another episode of Rival Record ahead of a uh, another difficult game against uh, another team that been promoted a while ago now, but been just as uh, just as effective, just as competitive in the Premier League in in, in Brentford on the sixth of May. So do join us again for. Uh, an episode ahead of that match. But between now and then, yeah, do, do check out all the other great content on uh, on Anfield and Next Pro. And yeah, we'll see you ahead of that uh, Brentford game. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.